Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app right now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. All right, Talking Buffalo Podcast, Casual Friday. I want to jump right into things. I got my man, Joe Yurden. Joe, you probably haven't had a chance to listen yet. I, I did a show on Wednesday with Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports. And let me just say this. Well, it won't happen because we're doing this <laughs> remotely. Well, anything could happen when you do something remotely. But Wednesday's show, for all intents and purposes, was, from the production side anyway, mm-hmm. a complete and utter disaster, oh, no. dude. It was terrible, terrible, was, terrible. I, I'm, I'm not happy. Was this a, a finer wings club night? It was. Oh man, it was. Where, where? Let did, me, I have let to me ask briefly. Let me briefly explain <laughs> to you how this went down, and let's just hope that when we get together to do some of these casual Friday shows, whether it's at Casey's or wherever that may be, mm-hmm. that this never, never happens again. And by the way, this is like, I think, episode 376 now of this podcast. So sooner or later, some messed up shit was going to happen. And it did happen on Wednesday. Actually, the taping was Tuesday. So to recap for people, if you didn't get a chance yet to listen to to Wednesday's episode, I did a Finer Wings Club and I had Chris Trapasso from CBS Sports. Good guest, man. I was really looking forward to having Mm -hmm. him on. And we did it at Macy's Place Pizzeria, which is, that's in my Mount Rushmore of like my top four favorite Wait, wing places on. in Western you, New York. You did it at Macy's place? Yes. Oh my goodness. There's nowhere to Not sit in the there. the first time either. There is. It is funny. So I did a show there pre-COVID with Marcel Louis Jacques, mm-hmm. who was at the time the, the Bills reporter for ESPN.com. Mm-hmm. No, there's not. In fact, it's even worse. When I did the show with Marcel two years ago, there was one table in the place. Now there's zero tables oh, in the man. place. And there's a stack of boxes against the wall, but they do have like the bar counter. So we slid all the way to the end. And I do these shows with like a lot of them with like Bills fans are in the crowd and music and there's stuff going on. You and I have done a couple shows at Casey's. Mm-hmm. So there's noise that doesn't bother me. But, uh, we, so we were stuffed away, but anyway, you know, my, my gear. All right. So I have a Rodecaster pro and I'll try to make this brief because I don't want to bore people with like, <laughs> Tech stuff. you know, these type of details. But I have a good mixer that has four channels, and that's what I'm using right now. This is my home studio recorder. I was using it on the road, too. Like, again, when you and I did a show at Casey's, I brought it with me. So you know what I'm talking about, the machine that I use. I also have, and you know this from a couple years ago when we did a a show at Essex. I also have that Zoom H6, which is a portable, uh, very small mobile device that I use. And that has up to four channels. So I could plug that in. Um, with this, I could do a show from start to finish. Like I could pipe in music ads and stuff like this with the remote one. It's great just to tape the interview. And then I take the files back home and plug it into my computer. And then I rather quickly edit it. So anyway, I had the zoom H six, the small compact mobile, um, recording device with me with Chris. So we get the wings, we, we eat the wings. They're 
Of course, they were great. We had a, a slice of stuffed crust pizza, which was unworldly good. Nice. And then we started talking, man. So I told Chris, I said, oh, I don't have music to play. And, you know, you're not going to hear any of this. So we'll just pick up with the interview. Three minutes in, I have a Diet Pepsi in front of me. I go to say something and look at a couple notes that I wrote down. Take my left hand, hit the oh. bottle, pours right onto the, uh, right onto the recording oh, device. No. I'm like, oh, shit. So, and, and by the way, Joe, not like a, a ton. I'm talking literally maybe an ounce, maybe even a little bit less mm -hmm. than an ounce of that Pepsi hit that, uh, hit the Zoom H6, but it hit it right on the top. And within 30 seconds or so of Chris talking, I start to hear static. Mm -hmm. uh, I clap my hands. So it, I know when to put a commercial ad in. So I could stop at that point and try to examine what's going wrong. And this, by the way, is in Chictawaga, as many people know, Genesee Road. And Chris lives in Medina, so he drove 45 minutes to come do this show, which for me is a great wow. honor. Anyway, I'm messing around with, uh, with, with the channels, and it's getting worse. The static is worse. Long story short, it's unusable. Uh. So I'm like, shit, man. This guy comes 45 minutes, and uh, we're three minutes into a Fighter Wings episode at a place that I've been wanting to do for a long mm -hmm. time. Again. Macy's Place Pizzeria is the bomb. It's one of my favorite places for anywhere for, for wings and for pizza. And we ended up having to come all the way back to West Seneca, which thank God Chris was down to do it. We had to come back to my house mm. here in West Seneca. My, I have a home studio set up and uh, we had to start from scratch. Uh, so I had to, to scratch, you know, I had to, to, to scrap the first 10 minutes. So again, the poor guy goes from Medina to, to Chictawaga. I'm supposed to do the show and plug Macy's the whole night, which I, we still mm -hmm. did, but it was, it didn't feel authentic because there was no ambient right. noise. This is like a studio kind of setup and I ended up having to come back home. So what a fucking disaster. Oh and that was an expensive ass recorder, which it ain't working. Uh, so I say, do I'm you have out. A, you have I'm a giant was, bag of rice to, to dump it in or how, do, how does that work with <laughs> I don't know how it works with Diet Pepsi. I, I don't know if it's just like too know, sticky man. to work now or oh God. I don't know. I'm hoping that is, you know, because I was messing around with it last night and uh, one or two of the channels might still work. So it might still be salvageable, mm -hmm. but uh, the channels one and two for sure definitely don't work. Oh. I tried it and it was just all complete static, but it was just a cluster. What That's... a disaster. The, sh the show was good though. I mean, it was a good episode. Mm -hmm. We had a good conversation. Chris is a great guest. I mean, again, a very popular guy at CBS mm -hmm. Sports, but felt bad that I had to put him through all that shit, man. Just, yeah. That's a David episode of this podcast. I, it's funny. Back when, back in my radio days, um, we, we had, we worked at two different studios. There were like the old studios that we worked at. Then we moved into a new building, which was all new stuff, all new equipment, new everything. And in the old places, there was like, we suggest you keep drinks out of the studio, but like, eh, like whatever, like don't, you know, don't put it near the board, obviously. Cause if you, spill anything on the board the whole station's fried but uh but they were just like just keep it as far away like you can have it in there in the control room with you but just keep it away from all the electronics or you know put it down on the floor keep the cap on the bottle whatever the new place they were like don't take any liquids into any room that has any kind of equipment in it it was just like oh okay we're gonna take care of our new stuff now i see they're, they're like you don't understand how much this costs no I, I understand. I can look around and see that we're in a new building with all new new shit everywhere. I was like, yeah, no, I get it. But like, 
our uh our like our our hit our lead engineer he would like go around and like peek in the rooms and if he saw like a water bottle or a coffee mug or anything in the rooms he'd just come in and just very quietly open the door just take it take it bring it outside the studios and they would just like the people would be on the air just be like doing their thing just talking and talking and like looking at this guy just being like what well, there's a guy in our room blah 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 and now he's always oh, taking our he's taking our beverages away ah right of course silly me <laughs> silly me being the talk well, person wanting a you know water nearby that's what i was going to say and by the way clearly you could see as i'm because you're on video, mm -hmm. we're doing this on uh, Zencaster. You can see I even learned my lesson because I got a, a drink right in front of me <laughs> that I'm holding in my hands. The moral of the story mm -hmm. is, if you're tape podcasters out there, if you're taping something, whether it's at home, on the road, keep your drink away, which is the thing, by the way. I mean, you know this. You do radio. You do podcasts mm -hmm. like this one with me. When you're on for 30, 45, 60 minutes or longer, you need something to drink. You got to get something in your throat. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to do a podcast for an hour or longer without having any water. It's just being careful and keeping it at a, at a safe distance. I, I don't know. I, I'm just pissing out and I'm venting already. Yeah. We're like what minutes into this <laughs> podcast and I'm already bitching about shit. Uh, some Joe from Queens is rubbing off on me, I guess, because here's the thing. We got a lot. We got a lot that I want to talk about today. We're going to talk bills, huge game coming up on Sunday. We'll have a little bit of a saber season preview because the season actually does start next mm -hmm. week. So by the time, we're talking next week. We'll actually have a regular season game that uh, we can discuss. And then we have a draft, which is going to be something different <laughs> than any other draft that we've done. And I can't wait to talk about last week's draft because that was a, a virtual that's, tie. That's an all-timer. That's an all-timer. This is the one we've been waiting that for. That was awesome. It was. I've been waiting a long time. To me, I'd rather have that than have 10 straight victories. I just thought that was <laughs> awesome. We'll talk about that in just a few. <clears throat> Quickly, though, before Bills and Sabres and our draft, I got to at least spend, spend a minute here talking baseball, all yeah. right? You and I are both Yankees fans, and the Yankees win 92 games during the regular season, and one game in or one game playoff, that's a wrap. Yeah. As a Yankees fan, that's about as bad as it gets. A one-game playoff with Boston, your, your rival, maybe definitely the biggest rivalry in baseball, maybe the biggest rivalry in sports, period. Yankees, Red Sox, mm -hmm. all the marbles, everything's on the line. You go to Fenway. I'm thinking 1978, Bucky Dad. I can't wait, you know, for some drama like that again. That shit didn't happen. Mm -hmm. You got your ace, Garrett Cole, going full rest. He was trash on this given night. Great pitcher, good season. Far from his best yeah. on Monday for this playoff. And, uh, yeah, Yankees 92 and 70 in the regular season, one game playoff, wild card, gone. Mm -hmm. Is Aaron Boone in trouble? I think he should thank his lucky stars, George Steinberg, is not around. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> but what a what a disappointing end because I felt like this was a team they got hot for a lot of the second half of the season. And it felt to me like this was a team that could go far. But at the same token, had even had they won, they were gonna play Tampa. And for whatever reason, man, Tampa just slaps the shit out of the Yankees mm -hmm. all over the place. But I don't know, just thoughts on, on the Yanks this year, man. You know, I, I saw a meme that kind of encapsulated my feelings on this, where I think it was from, um, I think it's from the blog Pinstripe Alley, where they said, uh, the, what, it's the one with the girl where she's making like the, the scrunched up face, and then the second one she's going, mm, maybe, like, you know, I know you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Everybody knows what I'm talking about. But the scrunched up face one was uh, Yankees losing a one-game playoff to Boston, bad. Not having to watch the 2021 Yankees anymore, mm, not so bad. Because I've never, 
I can't say I can't say never, but like they've they were so frustrating all season long for you know being unable to hit when the you know the, the pitching would be good, they couldn't hit, then you know they started hitting and the pitching goes in the toilet. And then, you know, they get they get that nice hot run through uh, through August and September. And you're like, OK, all right, we're back. We're back. We're in business. This is going to be good. And then bullpen couldn't hold any leads. Chapman was a, was an idiot for, you know, it was like an idiot for like a month and a half where he couldn't close any games. He couldn't throw any pitches anymore. Sure. And, you know, a one game playoff, man. I And it's this isn't sour grapes because this is a, what the second time the Yankees have lost to Boston in a one game playoff, I think, since they started doing this shit. I hate the one game playoff because it's so against everything that you do in, in a baseball season. Like I agree. This is like MLB trying to force a game 163 on everybody. And you know, I know the argument is, is like, well, geez, just win your just win your division, stupid. And it's like, that's yeah, it's a great idea. It's a great idea in principle, but like I look at the NL and the Dodgers won 106 games. They had to play a one game playoff with the Cardinals who had to win 17 in a row to hit 90 wins. They they yeah. almost lost 106 win team second best record in baseball. Oh, uh, let me cut you off. There it is. The weekly casual Friday fire trucks. Joe Yurden's takes office. are getting too hot. They're getting too hot. But like, <laughs> but I mean, I, I just think of it like the Dodgers are. You know, they have they had to win a one game playoff, which they did. You know, dramatic home run. Chris Taylor, not the not the Amherst co- former coach and former Sabres player, but a different Chris Taylor. But Hits that great home run in the, in the ninth. I mean, he just absolutely crushed that pitch. Just jumped all over. He's not a home run guy, but but like, but now their reward is to play the team they lost the division to by one game. That's that's the division series. That's a best of five. Get lost, man. Like, get get the Braves and get the Brewers out of the way. Just please, just have them have them play for like I don't know, have them play for funsies because get them out of the just get them out of here. Like, let me have the Giants Dodgers for best. Should the of wild five. card be a best of three? Like what? Yeah. What would you think? Maybe if MLB, even if they just had instead of one sixty two, they had a hundred fifty eight game season, so you don't fall another week. Because I, I get it, uh, the the calendar matters weather wise. So maybe you have four less games. I feel like the wild card. You're playing one hundred sixty two games, and it's still at the end of the day only five teams in the each league getting a chance to play in the playoffs. In two, and only three teams are guaranteed a series. The other two teams got to play it out one game. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like? It should be, and I'm, and again, I know it's easy to be sour grapes. Hey, two Yankee fans bitching about, you know, the, the Yankees being out one game. Even if they won, I'd still feel the same way. I feel like it should be a best of three. Yeah. Like maybe have a best of three, and then the the divisional rounds best of five, and then the ALDS best of seven. World Series, obviously, same thing. But would you be good with like a best of three? Don't you think that's a little more fair? I I hate the this ain't NCAA basketball or this ain't football. It's a Baseball's different, man. Mm-hmm. One game for all the marbles. I, I just don't like well, it. Well, I'll say this. You know, I saw I think a best of three. I mean, in this situation, I think a best of three is probably fine. Uh, I think that's more accurate, honestly, because you're going to get a better idea. But I, I saw this from Travis Sawchick from The Score. Um, and he has an idea that I am 100% behind. Um, it would mean adding one more playoff team on each side. So you get six. And it's basically the old NFL playoff setup where the top two teams get buys into the division series. Great. So then mm-hmm. the next four play. Now, stay with me here. They play a best of two series, which I know you're going to be like, how the hell do you do a best of two? The top, the, whoever the higher seed is, all they have to do is win one game. The The lower seed has to has to win both games to be able to move on. I 
freaking yep. love that idea. Like that to me, it solves the all the problems. Did that. Like that's great. The, MB- the NBA did that. And the NBA did that in the playoffs. Just now the playing, it was the yeah. higher seed versus lower seed. And they had to play. And then the winner of that played uh, a team that didn't have to play the first game. You only had to win right. one. Yeah, I, I like it, man. For baseball, it makes more sense because, I, I mean, it, it, you only have to win one game if you're the better team. Great. Cool. Like, that, that's the way it should be. But if you're the, if you're the worst team, have a seat. Like, you, you better win two. You got to win two on the road. Like, if you do that, then you definitely right. deserve it. So I'm, I'm very pro doing something like that. I know people would freak out and just be like, well, they're only going to win one game. Like, you're the better team. Like, you have, you have the better record. Like, shut up. Like, but like, yeah, I, I, I think I, the, the one thing that gets me though, is once you qualify for the playoffs, n- no longer being a division winner or not matters. So you can avoid a giants Dodgers thing where two teams with the best records in baseball are going to knock each other out in the divisions. Like one's going to get knocked out in the division series. That's stupid. Like just make it like, I think the NBA again, did it where you make the playoffs. doesn't matter if you won your division. We're going to, we're going to slot you in by record at that point. That's, it's the way it should be. I know people are going to be like, well, it's unbalanced. It's this, that, yeah, whatever. Like baseball, everybody plays each other in freaking baseball. Like I know the NOS was trash below I mean, the Giants, but like, or below the Giants and Dodgers, but so what? You still got to win games. You still got to beat everybody. Like the, the Braves won 88 yeah, games. They, that whole division they, stunk. They were, defi- they were firing away the best two teams in baseball this year, the Giants mm-hmm. and, uh, and the Dodgers were certainly in the, in the National League. You know, it's funny as Chris Taylor hit that walk-off home run, my, my thought was, to me, this was the best chance the Dodgers had of losing. Yeah. I feel like they're going to win the World Series. Man. I, I, I think they have the best team. I know the Giants have a better record. They won that division by literally a game. Dude, the Dodgers are, are freaking stacked. I'll follow it on Twitter. I might watch a little here and there. Once the Yankees are gone, I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to say my interest completely wanes, but I ain't going to be watching a lot yeah. of it with, with, without the Yankees involved. I don't know. It'll be fun. I would have liked to seen the Blue Jays in the playoffs too. By the way, that would have been that nice, would have been. They're a fun team, yeah. dude. They, I mean, they hit like crazy. They, they finally started to get some starting pitching at the end, pitching. but they didn't do anything Anymore. about their bullpen all season long. Like they got yeah. Nate Pearson back yeah, in like that. August, and we're pitching him out of the pen, which is great. But like they lost so many games in the, like so many games in Buffalo that I think about where the bullpen came in and just set the game on fire. And they couldn't hold the lead. They couldn't do anything. And they're getting blown out because, because the guy comes out of the pen and gives up six runs and like you know, facing four batters. Like, how, I don't know how that's possible, right. but like, geez, man, right. address your bullpen when you see it's a problem. Like you see your offense and you're like, wow, we're going to score a lot of runs. We can't hold the lead. Well, how do you hold the lead? Fix your bullpen. Like just get your pitching in order. Like Toronto could have run all over everybody in these playoffs. Cause I ain't buy, I don't buy Houston. I hate Houston. Like forget them forever. I love Dusty Baker. Forget Houston. Uh, Red Sox, Rays, screw both of them. I don't uh, to help both of them. Rays especially. I, Red Sox, that beef's over as far as I'm concerned. Like a lot of my pals are Red Sox fans, and like, oh, finally, revenge for '78. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about? You mean revenge for '78? What kind of boomer shit is that? Like, you, your team has won what three, four World Series since like 2004. They three. Like, they, yeah, they won. You, three you beat since you beat the Yankees yeah. already in the the biggest comeback ever in in. Major League playoff history, which those sucks, but like Revenge for '78. What the fuck is going on, man? Like, get over yourself. Like, it, it, like you afraid Bucky Dent's gonna come walking out of the tunnel and like you know stab everybody in the back? Like, is that is that what you're worried about? Like, Jesus Christ, man! Like, <laughs> I can't I can't believe how much so many like 
Sox fans will just hang on to that shit forever. It's like, give it up, man. You, you've you already won a bunch. Like, the, the curse is gone. They won four. I, I, I'm wrong. They won four. I completely forgot that they won that World Series just a couple of years ago back in uh, 2018. So, yeah, they've won four World Series since, uh, tw- since 2004. By the way, before we move on quickly here, I, circle back to the first question. Is Aaron Boone back next year? I want to say my 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 heart believes no. My head says he's totally going to be back, which yeah, I think, I, think so. the, uh, I don't know. It, it, Cashman's got to do a little bit. I mean, it took Cashman, what, three, four years to figure out, oh, we need lefty power bats in the lineup to take advantage of our own stinking stadium instead of just being like uh, having an all right-handed lineup. And it's, I mean, keep bringing back Brett Gardner every year. Like, I mean, I mean, he was fine in the field, but like, dude can't hit anymore. Like, he gets hot for like a couple of weeks and everybody's like, oh, well, Brett's back. And like, no, he's not. He's not back. But, uh, but yeah, they, they have a lot of things to address. They, they got to fix up the pit, starting pitching every year. They just don't do enough of the pitching and they just kind of like hang on by a thread. And like this year, I know they were, had in the back of their mind that Davey Garcia was going to be possibly one of those sneaky super starters for him. And then he, that, he was shit all year. Like he was shit in spring training. He went down to Scranton. He was shit there. He was getting bombed. Like just the other night, he was getting bombed on by by the uh, Red Wings in Rochester. So it's like, all right, maybe have a better plan than having like, oh, we got five guys and let's see how it goes. You know, like that kind of stuff. But I can't fault Cashman. He's he's done great through the years, but I can't believe it took them years and then months into a season where they're almost out of it to finally be like, oh, we need lefty bats. Let's go get Rizzo and Joey Gallo for scrub prospects like you know who cares like give up your 20th best prospect yeah have fun good luck with that but like i don't know man it's the lineups i i, I don't want to get ranting on, on it it's still too raw of them going out and like being able to look at this stuff logically but i just look at it like they're probably going to need a shortstop they probably are going to need a center fielder they might be looking for a catcher because i don't know if their patience with gary sanchez is, is still there or not like last three years they've been like no no we believe in gary we believe in gary but then garrett cole doesn't have gary catches games and it's like oh that's that's tough you're putting a backup catcher in who's not as good you know in all matters not as good as sanchez which people will be like oh, gary only hits 200 and i was like yeah well higashioka hits buck 75 so i don't know <laughs> i don't know what the problem is here like gary at least hits home runs but um but yeah there's there's some things to address i hate that they're going to lose luke voigt to free agency probably because where you know if he's not playing first base, he's not being the DH because that's Stanton. And if he if he learns how to play outfield, if he can play a corner spot in the outfield, cool. Like keep him around because that bat's really good. But they got like suddenly it's it's a crowded house because they got too many righty hitters, and now you got Rizzo at first base. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I mean if he sticks around, then yeah, I, I can't imagine that they're just gonna let him walk. But weird things that happen like. Yankees offseason is always strange now because before it'd just be like, oh, find the five biggest names are probably going to get three of them. <laughs> now it's now it's like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see. Be right back with some Bills and Sabres. So I got a 35 draft. Be right back after this quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, back with Joe Yurden, Casual Friday, Buffalo Bills, Sunday night. Football, Kansas City Chiefs, Arrowhead Stadium. Obviously, it's a big yeah. game. I don't. I've only got one question for you for this segment with the Bills. How big is this one? Now, look. Here's what I mean by this: the the Bills. I think the Bills could go out on Sunday. I think they could lose by forty. I still think they're going to win the AFC East. It's a very weak division. The Bills are going to win that division. Is this to you because of that? Knowing that, is this just one of seventeen games? Like, don't get too high, don't get too low. Or does this game mean a lot more for mental reasons? Because the Bills are a Super Bowl contender. They're currently number one right now in the ESPN NFL power rankings. I mean, that means absolutely nothing, of course. But it's still, that's how they're regarded around the league right now. And this is a team that last year, arguably, not even arguably, their two worst games of the season last year were both against the Chiefs. The Chiefs look like a team that just flat out have their number. It looks like it's a bad matchup for the Bills. Not going to be any easier this time around either. Matt Milano did not practice. We're taping this Thursday. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Look, man, he's not playing on Sunday. I can tell you that right now. So you can scratch Matt Milano off the list. He ain't playing. He's been the best player on, on the defense this year too. So that that is significant. But anyway, my question for you is, how important is this game mentally? If they lose this game, are they going to have the mindset, all right, well, you know, it's just a bad, it's another game, it's another loss, whatever. It's just one of many, or did they, is it start to creep in them mentally that, Hey man, no matter how good we are, no matter how good everyone thinks we are, we just can't beat this football team. Well, I always think of, because I think wrestling makes real life things more fun, makes other sports real fun. And I can't help but think to be the sure. man, you got to beat the man. And until you beat, yeah, until yeah, you beat the yeah. man, you ain't the man. So, I mean, you could, uh, Hey, listen, be excited about that. This team is really good. Bills are very good. But beating Kansas City would certainly send. I mean, that set the city would be out of control at that point. It's like, oh, we beat the Chiefs. We're going to the Super Bowl. Like that would set that would set that table. That would be the discussion from for until until the end of the year. That that will be the talk. Well, it is right yeah. now. It is right now. But if they get their asses kicked on Sunday, then it's going to seem kind of yeah. foolish. Whereas if they do beat them, then then it becomes. If does it feel more legitimate to you? when fans are, are feeling the way they do right it's, now. 
I, I th- now I, I, we can excuse, we can just not talk about what happens if they win because that's all, that's all good shit. Like that. We don't have to go over mm-hmm. the different levels of that. If they lose though, I think it all depends on how they lose. Like if they, if they get blown out, then feel dire, like, but use that to build off of, I, I think psychologically, I don't know. Uh, it can get in the back of your head. I mean, obviously they played each other a ton now, you know, this is going to be with their third matchup in less than a, in a, like a calendar year. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of action. Uh, I wish this game was happening later in the season, not in you know week four or five, whatever it is now. Um, I think that would be way more interesting because the Chiefs are still in that mode of like, all right, yeah, let's you know they you know their big guys barely played the preseason, save for the Bills, but like they're still getting their act together. The defense is really suspect. Um, They've been bad. Yeah. Defense has been horrible yeah. this year. And like, I mean, they got some. They got some dudes banged up. Not as bad as like Tampa Bay's got dudes banged up, but like. Still not good, but like, but if you're going to get into a shootout game, I don't want to do that with the Chiefs. If I'm the Bills, I don't want to get into a trade touchdowns game with the Chiefs. Hell no, man. Like, you're looking at a game that could be, it could be like that, uh, what that, like Rams, what that Rams, uh, Cardinals game or something a few years ago, where it was like 50 to 48 or something. Like, you're looking at a game that could end up being like that, where it's just like, oh my God, this is nuts. Um, be fun, oh, though. it'd be great. Everybody in the city would have a heart attack. But, <laughs> but I mean, it would be fun as hell to watch. But I don't know. I, I think if they lose and it's a tight game, and if it comes down to just like, you know, one one guy making a big play, you know, if it's Mahomes making a big play or it's, you know, or it's, you know, Kelsey makes a ridiculous catch or Tyreek Hill beats somebody deep, you got beat. Like, you can just say, we got beat. We hung with them. We can take them out next time. If you get, get your ass beat by 25 or 30 or something, like something crazy like that. I think then you start to doubt a little bit and just be like, how do how, how the hell do we beat these guys? Like, how, like we thought we had their number and then they kick our faces in. Like, what what do you do? Like, what do you do next? Because it, it sure seemed like last year, that first game, that game in Buffalo, um, that their idea was to slow the game down completely. And, you know, it was, it was shitty weather. It was raining. It was, gar- it was garbage weather. And their the whole plan seemed to be, let's slow this game down. Let's make sure that they can't boat race us. And let's see if we can hang with them. And they, for the most part did Kansas city, of course, played it the same exact way. Cause they were, they were just like, yeah, let's, let's, they ran all over the bills. Yeah. They ran for like over 200 yards on the bills. Yeah. Like Monday night. It was Monday night game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was it a Monday night? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So like there was, yeah. Nine point game, yeah. it, but it, it felt like Kansas city was way more in control than yeah. the final score kind of indicated. But I mean, you know, you you don't want to you don't want to trade shots with a team like that. That's like getting in the ring with Tyson and being like, yeah, I can I can hang with this guy. You don't want to do that. Like you want to try to do what you can to take him out of the game. I think if Matt Milano plays, that makes a big difference because at least he's not like I'm just saying if he could play, he makes a difference because you can he, you can have him track Kelsey around. At least do something. Agreed. I you know? thought of that. He Maybe you have to ask Edmonds to do that now. Right now. I don't know if I want Edmonds I running around know, in coverage. Man. I'd rather have him blitzing in, but. I don't think you can really blitz the Chiefs because Mahomes is gonna. Mahomes is is such a, and I mean this in the most positive way. He's a greasy player. Like he, he's very elusive. He gets away. I mean, he looked like crap against yep. Tampa last year because he had what two good linemen, and he had like his you know banged up what knee, foot, whatever, whatever the hell it was, and like he's, you know, what it was that wasn't the real Chiefs. The real Chiefs is the team that we saw the entire the whole rest of the other season. But, um, but yeah, I. It's a big game, but like, I don't know, man. This just sets the table for a, a, I hope, an eventual meeting in the AFC Championship, where 
you've got this, like, it's long in the memory. Like, so either way, whoever wins, it's going to be like, you know, for Buffalo, if they win, it's a great table setter, but it doesn't mean nothing if they lose to the Chiefs in the AFC title game. Like, it won't matter. It's like, okay, cool. You won the regular season? Neat. Like, congrats. Like, here's your crown right. for that. You know, it's, it was like, you know, after they bring baseball back, it was like when the Yankees swept the Red Sox and it was just like, oh, they're in control now. And didn't matter. Red Sox had the tiebreaker. So <laughs> they both get the wild card. It doesn't matter. You're not playing at home. So, you know, you have, you have to do it that way. But, um, but yeah, this, I don't know. Like, there's enough missing from, from Buffalo's defense so that if they get shredded, you can be like, well, maybe it's different if, you know, if Milano's in there and I think Poyer is Poyer still banged up too. He's he's still hurt. I I, I think he's going to play, and I think Teron Johnson's going to play. Okay. Milano's the one starter that now now will those guys be a hundred percent? That's a different story. Yeah. But Milano's going to be the one. Milano's not playing. I'm going to tell you right now, Matt Milano's not okay. playing. You ain't going to see him Sunday. You probably won't see him next week either. You'll see him after the bye, which at this point, I think is smart. I, I think this, Joe. I think there's three things that I'm really that that I'm locked in on. Number one. I'm I'm very concerned about Milano, and we just talked about that. His ability to cover Kelsey, although quite frankly, they didn't do a good job mm-hmm. of covering Kelsey, you know, in, in the AFC Championship last year with Milano. But again, he wasn't never really a hundred percent last year. Can they figure out something to stop Travis Kelsey or at least contain him? That's number one. Number two, the Chiefs have lost twice already. Okay, mm-hmm. they, they they lost to Baltimore and they lost to the Chargers. Two good teams in the mm-hmm. AFC have already beaten the Chiefs this year. So I don't want to hear that this team's unbeatable because they've already lost twice to two good teams and they almost lost to Cleveland in the season opener. And furthermore, the offense, uh, there's no excuse to not put up points on Kansas City. You look at Kansas City's games this year, four games they've had. They've given up 30 or more points three times. And the one game they didn't give up 30 points, they gave up 29 points to the Browns. So they've given up at least 29 points every game this season. If the Bills go out and only score... 14 to 21 points, then something's wrong with this offense when they play the Chiefs and, and it needs to get figured out. And then the last thing, I think the biggest reason why the Bills consistently, if, a couple times they've played them, have gotten their, kind of their ass kicked is because they've had no pass rush. Especially that championship game last year, the Bills had zero pass rush against Patrick Mahomes. And now that's that was offseason priority number one. They used their first and their second round draft picks on defensive ends. They got F.A. Obata in. They put a heavy priority on improving the pass rush with the purpose of being the Chiefs. So I'm very interested to see how this pass rush looks on Sunday. If they're not getting heat on Mahomes, I'm very concerned about that. I want to win the game. I will feel dejected if they lose to a certain extent. But if they lose in the defensive ends and if they're getting some heat on him, I can live with that. If the offense is putting up points, I can live with that. But if they lose like, 35 14 or something mm. like that then i am going to be very very concerned and it's not just one game now me. here's a question that is probably born out of my pessimism from being a fan of a god-awful freaking football team but who have the bills really beaten that's a difficult team they lost to pittsburgh pittsburgh's all <laughs> and the other three teams nah, this year nobody like it, miami's bad um uh, Washington's bad. Um, whoever the hell they beat last week is also bad. Like I'm forgetting stuff. Where Houston, Houston bro, yeah. it's Houston. Like, this is so Joe bad. From they're Queen, forgettable. Joe from Queen. Joe Joe from Queens is big beef, and he's in fairness, he has a a great point. Is this man? The Bills feast on shitty teams 
and shitty quarterbacks. And if you're pro Bills, you're like, well, guess what? They don't play a lot of good quarterbacks, and they're going to be doing a lot more feasting. Mm -hmm. That's going to get you a lot of wins. That'll get you the division championship. But you ain't going to get through the AFC in the playoffs mm -hmm. by feasting on Davis Mills and Jacoby Brissett and Taylor yeah. Heineke. At some point, you got to find a way to maybe not necessarily stop, but you're going to have to find a way to contain Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to if you want to win this conference. It's as simple yeah. as that. Unless someone else does it for the, you, of course. Because I do feel like they match up better against... They beat Baltimore in the playoffs last year. They certainly can beat Cleveland. Cleveland's a good team. But Kansas City just... It feels to me right now, Kansas City just has their number. Mm. Sometimes it just happens in sports. You just go up against a team that for whatever reason they have your yeah. number. That's how I feel right now about the Chiefs until something happens to change my I, mind. I, this is a game... It's not a trap game because they've had this game circled since the, since the schedule came out. But considering the way... Sure. Everybody else is they, they've beaten everybody else around except for the one good quarterback they played is the withered husk of Ben Roethlisberger, who is not a good quarterback now, but like he's got that rep and he can still make some throws. He made some throws that game, that's for sure. Um, that but like this, worse oh, it's, worse it's, it's so bad. Like the Steelers are in disarray now, like shit the last few years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That loss is starting to, it's feeling worse, but like worse by the week. This man. is this has the markings of a game that could be it. Bills get slapped in the mouth pretty hard kind of game just because Kansas City Kansas City's pissed by the way they played you know they are and you know they've lost two games already you know they're annoyed about that and they haven't really gotten it going yet like offense hasn't gotten it going defense stinks like they're I mean last last season they didn't really get going till like what week 10 when they started being like oh yeah this these are the Chiefs that we know like because they were just like disinterested mm -hmm. they were just like well we won the Super Bowl uh we'll we'll get to it eventually like we'll figure it out and you know, they get they get slapped by San Diego that or Los Angeles Chargers. They get slapped by the Chargers, and like <laughs> you do that oh, a lot. I hate, I hate it like so me, much. Jordan, Jordan Poyer, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde. When I say those two names together, I can say them a hundred times. I I mess them up. God. That's you with the oh, Chargers. I, move them back, please, <laughs> please move them back. But mm. um, but like I mean. Kansas City's got some teams that are playing really well in their division now. Raiders and Chargers. I mean, Bronco, Broncos are the fake. They were the fakest three and O team in history. I don't don't even sure. consider them. Like, I mean, they might be the worst team in that division. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are. <laughs> They're three and one. So it's like, okay, neat. Right. Like, Chiefs are in last place in the AFC West. And it's like, yeah, well, yeah, okay, I guess so. But you know, that ain't them. Like the Chiefs, we they that played the first four yet. That ain't them. That's not the Chiefs. They Bills got to hope the no, real Chiefs and, don't and, show up. Sunday night because because they could be in for a very rude awakening because they the Bills haven't played anybody and the Chiefs are haven't gotten their shit together so like that's ten minutes ten minutes ago Joe I I said that nobody gives a shit about power rankings not necessarily <laughs> true the Chiefs noticed that the Bills are number mm -hmm. one in the ESPN power rankings I could bet you that's that's somewhere on that bulletin board in the locker mm -hmm. room so they probably want to come out at home and, and make a statement it's just, it's a big game for the Bills it's not just Let's, let's, uh, we'll agree on this. It's not the end of the world. Even right. if they get hammered, it's not the end of the world because they got plenty of time to make some adjustments, mm -hmm. you know, and they're a good team. Even if they suck on Sunday, they're still a good football team. But this is also the same token. It's not just another game. Right. It's not just one of 17. It's, it's foolish to think that, that, that's scared thinking. That, it's going to be fun. The I'm, one I'm, out I am of looking forward to watching it. It's the one out of 17. Right. Like that's it's the measure, it's the it's the biggest measuring stick game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um maybe not necessarily the most important game, 
I would say New England and Miami are more important mm-hmm. games because your first priority is to win your division because you're you're guaranteed a home playoff game no matter what your record mm-hmm. is if you win your division. So those are more important games maybe, but this is the biggest measuring stick game without question, yeah. without question. Uh, let's spend a couple minutes talking Sabres here before we, the, we do. The other team event. across town is the way, season starting. <laughs> yeah, I, and I told you I'm going to try to be more open-minded this year. I said that last week. Uh, we're taping this Thursday afternoon real quick here because this literally just came across the Twitter timeline as we're taping this. The Sabres sent down Murray and Jack Quinn to Rochester to start the year. So there was a lot of talk about Brett Murray possibly making this roster. He still very well might become a significant part of the bottom six this year, but it won't be at the uh, at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Also, no one claimed Aaron Dell on waivers, so his, his whack goaltending ass will end up in Rochester probably. <laughs> um, well, 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 let's start there because to me that's <laughs> that's <laughs> – that's the news. I guess that's the biggest news. Well, Jack Eichel is always going to be the biggest yeah. news. But in terms of actual hockey, I guess the big item this week was UPL was sent to Rochester and Dustin Tokarski beat out Aaron Dell for the backup job. So the goaltending is going to be Craig Anderson and Dustin Tokarski. That looks tankalicious. I've used that word a couple times, man. That's like a, a tankalicious goaltending pair right there. Your thoughts on UPL? He did not look good. No. And, what, and then, by the way, I'm going by what people like you tell me and I'm going by reading, you know, some, some, some articles and, and some tweets and stuff like that. I haven't watched really any Sabres preseason to be honest with you, but if it, it feels like the right thing to do right now, send UPL down to Rochester, get him some seasoning and hope he gets better. And, and one other thing too, Joe, is it a right move? Because again, this team is expected to be really, really bad. That might, do you really want a, a kid like UPL right now? And, Behind the nets with this roster in front of him, isn't it better for him to be in Rochester if for no other reason than that? <laughs> or no? Well, I'm throwing a bunch of shit. Yeah, at Yeah, no, ass it's right no. I'm 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 here and ready for it. It's 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 fine. But um, I this is the right move for UPL. the The opportunity was there, and I, I I think I'd said this all along. The opportunity was there for him to win a spot if he played well, if he if he looked really good, and things progressed the right way because. In my mind, Tukarski and Dell were not going to offer up too much opposition, and you know Tukarski won. He won the backup job. Like I mean, Dell kind of handed it to him, but Tukarski played well enough to to get it. So that's that's neither here nor there. But UPL looked shaky, and for him to get him right, he needs he just needs more pro games. I, I was I was going through his numbers the other day. He's only played. Over three seasons, I think it's 65 total professional games. And that's between Cincinnati, Rochester, and Buffalo. Uh, and I, I don't know if I counted his games with the, with the Finnish club before they came back last season. But um, that's not a lot of games. And like at the AHL and the NHL level, I think it was only 25, 25 or 29 games total. Like that's not a lot. That is not a lot at all. So to me, you got to get him in Rochester, get him playing a bunch of games and get him figured out there. Like. That's where I, you know, that's where I think having a guy like Seth Appert coaching Rochester is going to help. Seth was a goalie. He's been a goalie whisperer his, his whole career, you know, going back to his time at RPI, um, <laughs> which is crazy that I get to offer this insight because I watched his teams quite a bit back in the day at RPI. But like the one thing you never had to worry about with those RPI teams was goaltending. Goaltending was always good. Um, just, you know, didn't have much scoring or, or anything else. I mean, 
it's college hockey, so whatever, it's, it's fine. But um, but he knows how to work goalies. He knows how to handle goalies. And you know the the goaltending coaching the Sabers have in the system is really good. Mike Bales is a really good coach, uh, and so is uh, oh God. I'm I'm so bad with names now, um, but they're but they're um, their organizational goaltending coach is very good as well. So they've got those building blocks in place. Like that's, that's what you need. And he just needs games. He just needs games against pros that guys, you know, people knock the AHL. AHL's, you could argue AHL is better than the KHL as far as professional leagues go. Like the NHL is the top league. You could very well make an argument. The AHL is the next best league in the world, um, which I know sounds crazy because it's just, ah, it's minor league, whatever, but. You get, if you're going to play in the AHL, that means you're you're a heartbeat away from the NHL, and that's the peak. Like that's that's the top of the mountain. Like KHL's good. There's a lot of bad players in the KHL too. Like let's let's not get it let's not get it twisted. But um, but yeah, get them those games. Get them those starts. It doesn't matter who the, who else they have down there. Like Aaron Dell's going to be there. Fine, great. Like have him play the the second game in back to backs, or you know he he gets the you know the three game weekend. He gets the middle game. Like that's that's fine. Let him do that. Um, but he just needs games. Just, uh, just get him games. Get him playing. Get it. Get his get his form down. Get his you know get his get his ops down. And just get it. Get his game back in gear because that's what he needs the most. I just I, I know it drives everybody nuts. This roster right now is a forty year old Craig Anderson is going into the season as the number one goalie. It's just it's so hard for me to mm-hmm. to wrap my head around and just oh god it it, it so is so the Sabres and again the season starts in less than a week now. Well, when you're hearing this podcast, it'll be less than a week. So I guess this is like a impromptu little Sabres preview here. I want to run through the lines at practice because I think at this point, the lines are starting to give some indication of what we'll probably see to start the season. Um, so they have middle stats centering Skinner and Vinny. What is it? Henestraza or Stroza? What the hell is that guy's name? Vinny again? Henestraza. And the, the alarms are going off now Vinny for the Sabres. And, this is crazy. That, <laughs> the alarms are going off <laughs> for the Sabres. Vinny Henestraza. Yeah, whatever, man. Thompson, Russelainen, Asplin, that looks like a line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gergeson was centering, Akposo, and the new guy that they got off uh, waivers from Washington, Axel Johnson. You know, I even looked up the guy's last name or listened to yeah. it before we started taping because I want to be in the professional that I am right here, and I forgot it already. Axel Jonsson. Yeah, that, that freaking dude. <laughs> he looks and, like and then, Thor. Just, just call him Thor from now on. He, I t- he, good looking dude, man. I'm sure the chicks are going to love his ass. Um and then Cousins was centering Bjork and Drake Kugulia, which o- Olafson was absolutely, which by the way, we started taping this like an hour later than we wanted mm-hmm. to because Olafson and Darlene both did not practice and we were, you know, we wanted to make sure it was nothing significant. Right. And it's not, they were more like maintenance days. He said soft tissue issue. They might miss another practice, but sounds like they'll be fine. JJ Paterka also didn't practice on Thursday. Um. Anyway, it seems to me like a, Olsen would be on that line with Cousins and Bjork, based on what the other lines look like. Hey, I, let's start with, with with that first line. I I talked about this a little bit on Twitter through no fault of his own. Mm-hmm. A year ago at this time, Casey Middlestead, the first five games he's not even in the Sabres lineup. Mm-hmm. Now one year later, he's the number one center. That <laughs> is interesting. Okay, <laughs> and then he has Skinner. Which we know Skinner's cap- what he's mm-hmm. capable of because we've seen that. So I, I, I'm good with that. 
And then Vinny Honestro, what? Honestroza, Honestroza. I, I apologize. Just call, just call, yeah, just call him dude, the big right? Italian. That's all. Hey, it's Vinny. Um, the big Italian. <laughs> the, well, I'll tell you what. The big Italian. I, I did a little bit of research here, and I didn't want to just throw a point out there with no substance. The big Italian dude, Vinny Mac, scored eight goals in fifty-two games between three teams last mm-hmm. year. He's a first-line winger in Buffalo right now. He has scored more than seven goals exactly one time in his career. Good God. This guy's on the first line, man. He really he had a great camp. He's had a great, he's looked, he's looked like one of the most, <laughs> looked like one of the most competent players that they had out there. Um, I think that, comes- yeah, maybe I'm just being an asshole right I, now. I mean, again, being ignorant, not even getting the guy's name wrong. He hasn't even played a game. I'm <laughs> telling you that I'm going to be more open-minded and I'm slamming players before they've even put out a saber sweater and skated in one regular season game. So shame on me for that. It just seems like that's a really big jump to have a guy who's your number one center who wasn't even on the team at the beginning of last year or wasn't even on the roster, I should say. And then a guy who's had eight goals in 52 games last year. It's just, it's, this is the, this is the adjustment. Like, I mean, I, I know you've called this season or preemptively it's a tank season, but like, it ain't a tank if you're just built, a, if you're, it ain't a tank if you're just built poorly. Like that's, that's yeah, where that's at. Like, all right. Tank it is losing on purpose. They're not tanking. I, it's a tankable looking roster. Yeah. Like it looks like they're tanking, but they're not tanking. Right. I, I let's just let me throw that. Yeah, out it's. I mean, I mean the fact that Middlestat's now the number one center, which I mean he's played better. It, there's there's no doubt about that. He played very well at the end of last season. Like that's that's great. But now he's going to be matching up against, you know, the Crosby's, the McDavid's, the. Uh, you know, the Stamkos is the, you know, the elite number one, the absolute number one with a bullet centers and lines across the league. I don't like those odds. That's a, that's a huge assignment. That's a huge jump up in responsibility. If you're playing, if you're centering the third line, okay. Like that you're, you're getting up against maybe some grinder types and some guys that you can fool at your skill and, and do that. But you ain't fooling anybody at the NHL. Like if you put him against like Nick Backstrom, Nick Backstrom's going to, you know, even in his older age is still going to, is going to, you know, steal, you know, middle stats lunch. So, um, you know, I, I, I you know, the proof is going to be in, in the action, but I don't like how that sets up at all, but they don't have anybody else to, to slot in there as it, as it is. Granado said that he only has two guys that he considers center that are no, they're going to be centers no matter what. And it's middle stat and Gergensen's like, he's not committed to putting cousins at this, at the middle. That's fine. He's put Tage Thompson at center a bunch. And it's like, Okay, like he's 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 last time he was a center was he was in high school. So cool. Like that's that's neat. Like it sounds really cool, uh, man. Something about Buffalo and taking wingers and jamming them in the middle and saying, like, hey, this will work. It doesn't make any sense. And then the one guy they had as a center, Reinhardt, they put him on the wing for five years until he played center last year and scored at a 40 goal pace. So it, it, n- nothing makes sense here in backwards world that is Buffalo hockey. But it's I mean, yeah. I mean, Hinnestroza, like him for a while he's here because he's probably going to be gone by the deadline. There's a lot of guys that are here now that are, they're going to move by the deadline. You know, like, like him, uh, Colin Miller, I bet, is moved by the deadline. Colin Miller looks like he would rather be anywhere else than Buffalo right now, and I don't blame him. Like, Wouldn't you? Well, I, yeah, obviously. I mean, if I was paid $3 million to hang out in Buffalo, I'm down. I'll party every night, man. That's cool. But um, We're talking about the organization, yeah. not the city. Right, right, right. Buffalo, but, by the way. Uh, yeah, no, I would not be excited about the organization, especially he spent the last what year or two getting jerked around and like benched occasionally, like just you know scratched and shit. Like, 
I'd be like, man, I'm fed up with these guys. Like this, this stinks, but it's got a contract. So he's, he's going to be like, all right, man, I'm just going to fucking play, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, it's a roster that's like whatever roster they open the season with is not even going to be close to what they end the season with. And that's even before they move Jack. Like that's, that's even before that's that gets done. Cause that could change the entire lineup. But right now, they, I mean, their, their top line would be a okay. Third line for, for playoff teams for playoff contenders. Like, they would have some flaws, but like you get, I mean, Skinner can score. He can do that. Like, it's nice to have him back in the first line. Would have been cooler if he was there with Jack again, but you know, these are, these are the circumstances that we have, but um, I don't like, I mean, geez, I look up and down the, the just the forward lines and I'm like, my God, what are they going to do? Like, how are they going to do anything? It, a lot of the stati- statistical projections for this team, just for like, looking for standings points, have put them in like that 70 to 79 point range for, for the season. And I don't see any way they crack 70. I, it's impossible for me to think that they're going to get 70 points this year. Now, some people think they might not win even like 12 games, which is that's rough. Like that, that's really bad, but is it, I don't think they'll be, they won't be, they won't be favored in 12 games. No, no, I don't think, I mean, no, cause I, I don't think they'd be favored against Ottawa. Certainly not in Ottawa. Uh, Detroit, maybe might get favored against Detroit. Some of the, like, there's a couple of teams in the West, Anaheim, maybe they're favored against them. Maybe San Jose. I don't know. San Jose's got a bunch of kids that they're plugging in the lineup because Evander Kane's, he's hit the jackpot for, you know, scandals in one off season. So, you know, good for him and his, his phony COVID, uh, you know, vaccination card, I guess. But, um, but I mean, it's there. Yeah, you're right. There's not 12 games. They would be favored in this season. There's no way. There's no way you look at this. You look at this roster on paper. And again, this is different. All right. They were clearly angling to get Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel about six years ago, whatever mm-hmm. it was. I'm not, this is not a tank team. No. This is a tankable roster though. Is this roster right now really better than the roster? I'm looking it up right now from <laughs> the year they tank. Well, they tank for two years, 2014, 2015. I'm looking at the scoring leaders. Tyler Ennis, Matt Molson, Brian Gianta, Gergeson, who's still here, Chris Stewart, uh, who, who just retired. I, don't know what the hell he was <laughs> I think he retired at this point, right? Drew, Drew Stafford, Marcus Foligno, Brian Flynn, Larson. The, the, this team, I'm, I'm telling you, these are these players are better than what I'm at, at that point than yeah. what they are this year's roster, man. Mm-hmm. Johan Larson, uh, Nikita Zadorov. Well, he he wasn't any good. Cody Hudson. I'm, I'm looking at somebody, Andre Benoit, Mike Weber. Yeah, this was a really takeable team. But my point is, is this team really any better? I feel like that team six years ago, that was the year two of the two-year tank. Mm-hmm. I feel like on paper, they were certainly better than this team is right now. Yeah, I I, I think so. And the thing, the thing that kept that team from being um, outright, like just maybe the, the absolute worst team uh, ever built, because the Detroit team that that got skunked out of the first the, the number one pick what two years ago, they were awful. Like they were, they were as bad as that tank team. And like Detroit, basically tanked that year too. But like Detroit didn't have any goaltending. Like they had awful goaltending. The Sabers had decent goaltending in their tank years. That's Murray kept trading goalies away because they were doing too well. Yeah, get rid of them. It's if they like, were good. I don't think you're gonna have to worry about that this no, year. No, like there's, I mean, like that's the thing. Like he, you know, he traded away Jonas Enroth like early in that season because he oh, Jonas played great. He's all right, get him out of there. Get Anders Lind. He brings in Anders Lindback, who is awful. He was an awful 
awful backup in in Dallas, I think it was. They bring him in. He's a 920 goalie. He was like a 920 save percentage goalie. That's like that's like top 10 in the NHL. Like, no, we can't keep him around. Trade him for Chad Johnson. And then Chad Johnson gets it gets right. injured before he even gets to play a game. He gets like hurt in warmups. And it's Johnson. just like, oh my God. Like that was, I think that was a the year they dressed like nine or ten different goalies that season. Like it was just it was stupid. Yeah. But like they but like that team had good goaltending. You know, Ted Nolan, I mean it's a Ted Nolan team, so like they're gonna they're gonna play hard and like it you know the, the setup was no offense, just try to just try to win a game one to nothing. And goaltending thrived with that. This team is not built that way. This team's gonna try to open up skill. Don said he's good, he wants his team to be entertaining. I don't know what his definition of entertaining is gonna be in this case, but like I want him to be entertaining too. Who are entertaining players on this roster? It just doesn't seem to be a ton of them, yeah. man. Well, one of them is Rasmus Dalin. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about this. Now Paul Hamilton, people, some people love Paul, some people hate him. Yeah. I, I'll say this much. Regardless of how you think of what what you think of his opinions, he is there every day and he's been around for a long time. So I, I'm gonna give him his just due his credit for that. All right. He wrote, and, and I shared this with you, he seems to be really high on JJ Baturka and Brett Murray, who again, Brett Murray's gonna at least start the year in Rochester. And then he said Darlene has not looked good to him. And that it looks like he's lost what confidence that he gained last season. Have you noticed that during this preseason at all? I'm not going to, I don't like commenting on a guy's confidence because I mean, usually they're, they're very confident. Darlene's a quiet kid. Like he's, you know, when he pops off, he gets mad about something. It's like, Oh shit. Okay. He's, he's mad. Like he slams a stick or, you know, does, does something like that. It's rare. But like when he does it, it's like, Oh man, he's, he's so pissed. Um, mm-hmm. He's definitely looked off. He has not looked good in the, in the preseason. Um, and I think this is where. How worrisome is that? It's this is supposed to be a year. Like, yeah. take that next step. He just signed a three year bridge mm-hmm. deal for six million a year or whatever it it's, was. I mean, it's worrisome. Like, he needs, I mean, he he's going to be, he's the number one defenseman. Like, there's nobody else is challenging him for that, for that spot. There's nobody, nobody else in this roster is a number one capable defenseman. He's it. Like he's he's it. Like nobody nobody is going to be playing as many minutes as him. He's got to be the guy. That's a lot of responsibility, especially for a guy that was slowly becoming that. But you know, was basically fighting with Ristolainen the last last season, the last two years for for the minutes crown. But um, it's it's a it's a problem. But this is this is this is where it goes back. It, it's not his fault, wasn't it? No, something I was saying a couple. Of, it's not his fault. Like. Yes, he has to perform. Yes, he has Robin to play. Williams. I'm thinking of Goodwill Hunting. But like, I'm thinking of Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting. Yes, that's right. So like, but like his first season, he has Phil Housley, and Phil Housley basically just said, "Hey, man, go score. You can do it. You're 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 what I sure. used to be. Go do that." And it worked. He scored a ton of points. He looked exciting. He played with creativity. It was awesome. Like, of course, you're playing with Eichel and Reinhardt and those guys. But Skinner, like, I think that was Skinner's 40 goal season too. So it was like awesome, great. Um, and then he plays for Ralph, and Ralph put the uh put like the shock collar on him where do not do any of what you did last year you have to be a defenseman you shoot from the blue line and and get back and defend at all costs and that ain't his game that is not his game so when granado took over he kind of was just kind of like hey man just he told everybody just go play like the season's done like we're not you're not we're not playing for you know we're for, for playoffs here but just go play and have fun because you haven't had fun all year 
Uh, and it seemed to work out okay. And it worked for Dalim because he got to do stuff that he wasn't allowed to do uh, under Ralph. And now it's now it's like a it, it's a full time now with with Don, which again it's his third coach in three years. You have a different coach at your ear three like three straight, basically three straight seasons. That's that's no good. That's no good at all for a defenseman. Like it's it's hard to be a defenseman in the NHL. It's really friggin' hard, and it takes takes even the best guys a few years to to get to where th- that height where they're going to be the best. Like it took Victor, Victor Hedman a couple of years. It took Eric Carlson like a year or two. Like those are the guys they want Darlene to be like. That's a really high bar set. And those guys weren't on terrible teams. Like Ottawa was really good when Carlson popped into the lineup. Tampa's got to be way better once, once Hedman showed up. But like, they haven't. They never played in situations like this, man. Like <laughs> you, you put those guys at that age on this team, they're gonna have the same goddamn problems. They're gonna have the same problems. The same, like you put them in the same shoes. I want. I don't want to know how their games get screwed up. You know, like three coaches in three years. I mean, fuck that. Like, I, I mean, if I'm Dalian, I'm just. I'm so aggravated by all that. Basically, getting your career fucked around by by all these coaches and, you know, two different GMs and three, three coaches in three years. What? <laughs> what? Well, we talked about that last week, how it was smart for him to not look to sign a long-term deal yeah. to not commit long-term by long-term. I'm talking these guys who signed for five, six, seven mm-hmm. years. He signed that three-year bridge deal. One more quick thing here before we get to the draft. Actually two quick things. <laughs> Jack Eichel, so it's looking like a really good chance right now that Jack Eichel's still going to be technically a member of the Sabres when this season starts, mm-hmm. which again, six nights from now. Uh, that, that's surprising. I, I just, nothing's changed. I, I know we saw a report saying or something earlier this week to the effects of, I, I can't remember exactly, but teams are, are looking or getting better access to, to records of his now, I guess, or something like that. Uh, what what the fuck does that even mean? Well, I mean, the, what? When's this guy getting traded? Jesus Christ, dude! <laughs> the, uh, the them get teams getting access to his medical records is is great. Not for not Four not for ago. like not for like the dumb like paperwork reasons, but because it's not the Sabers giving him the records. It's not the Sabers turning him over. It's Jack himself. Like Jack's going to all these different doctors and being like, "Hey guys, Good here's God. here's what's going on with me. These guys, these fuckers aren't going to tell you, but I'll tell you. Here's here's what's going on. <laughs> like." I want you to know what you're getting into. I want to get the fuck out of here. Like if the you know, Sabres want to play it tight to the vest, they've been doing it since the get-go. Great. But you're not going to make any traction on a trade if people don't know what the fuck's going on. Like that's the thing that, that's the thing that kills me with this. They're like, well, we're, you know, really need to trade him. Team asked, well, can we see his medical records? No. All right. Then I guess we're not doing a trade yet. Like, you know, you had to come to like basically an agreement to make a trade to be able to get access to that. Like, no. No. So like Jack's going around to all these, these, you know, these doctors, the, uh, you know, neck doctors and, and shit and just getting scans, getting, you know, trying to get as much information as possible and decide what's the right way to do it. And like people are starting to, co- to come around to the realization, oh, hey, the artificial disc replacement might be a good idea. Why? Because he can get the fusion later if the disc replacement doesn't take. Why cut it off, why cut it off at the head and just say, no, just get the fusion. Your life will be miserable. You'll probably have to get another one in 10 years. When you just do the ADR, and if it works, great, cool. You're you have a better you have better mobility, you have better everything. But if it doesn't take, all right, well, you got to get the fusion. That sucks. Like you're out six months at that point, and it, it's just so dumb. 
it, it's all so dumb and it's so backwards that it's gotten to this point and everybody just hates everybody like, everybody just kind of throws their hands up and goes jeez this is really too bad it's a really tough situation even gary batman was just like man it's a really hard it's a really hard situation you, you feel for everybody in this and i'm just like get it over with get just get it done get it over with get get out of there and once they get once they get it done I can't wait to see how the Sabres get to the salary floor once it's because that's 10 million bucks off the cap and that puts them under the floor. Yeah. Who are they taking back in return to get, <laughs> to get back up over the floor? Like what, like what guy on an awful contract that's in the last year of an awful contract are they taking on to make this, to make it work or like what pile of guys are they gonna have to take on just to make it work for themselves? Like it's nuts. It's so much, it's what I mean. It's yeah. so much dumb shit with this, but like, my favorite part, though, is just Jack sending them, sending his his reports from these doctors to the teams themselves. Just yeah, no, here's what's going on. <laughs> it's the dumbest man, shit. Between it's the dumbest team, shit. Between this team not being good on the ice, and between all this shit going on with Jack off the ice, my last thought is this. So again, the season starts next Thursday night. They have their first four games at home, five of their first six on the road, and granted, full capacity. So there's been two years since you've been able to have full mm-hmm. capacity at a Sabres game. <laughs> it, I want, is it going to take long for fans to turn on this team if they come out shitty right off the bat? Like, I'm talking, all right, so they open up um, Thursday. They, I think they play Montreal, yep. and then it's like Arizona. They play Arizona on a Saturday afternoon. If they happen to lose to Montreal, which <laughs> likely yeah. is going to happen, and then Arizona on Saturday, let's just say they're, they're playing like shit against a team like Arizona. What fans are actually there at the arena, it ain't going to take long for the, these fans to just get frustrated with this team and say, fuck these guys. It's not going to take long, man. I don't think it's going to. Four straight home games, you better not start out 0-4 or these fans are going to be ready to to lynch you right off the bat. Um, what's, the, what's the old cliche? If a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? If the Sabres lose a game at home True. and nobody's there to watch it, did they actually lose? <laughs> like, does anybody actually care? True. John Vogel pointed out that uh, for the lat for that last preseason game against Pittsburgh, last home game against Pittsburgh, they had just over six thousand fans there. Well, season ticket holders get have to get preseason tickets as part of their package, no matter what. So you're telling me they only have six thousand season ticket holders now? They used to have sixteen thousand. They will get six like over six thousand now. Yeah. <sighs> Is the building going to be full for yeah. Montreal? Like the fans from Canada can't come across to go watch the game. Like what kind of crowd are you drawing for a 1 p.m. game against the frigging Coyotes? It, it, it's going to look like an old Coyotes home me, game. Like that's what it's going to look like. Uh, it's going to be bad. Good God. Joe, let me, let, let me, let me summarize how I, I feel about the Sabres and how I think a lot of fans feel about the Sabres right now. You just mentioned preseason games this past Monday. I took my daughter out on a, a date mm-hmm. night. We went to dinner and <laughs> we went, so we went to dinner and we weren't sure, quite sure what we were going to do afterwards. And this was a long overdue day night with my daughter because I'm a piece of shit father who forgot to do some with her on her birthday the week before. So I ordered her a nice date night. So that's what we did. You know, I had to be real with you because I'm making myself sound like this awesome guy. I take my daughter on a, you know, daddy daughter date night. It's because I'm an idiot who fucking didn't do anything for her birthday the week before. Anyway. She sent me a link. She goes, well, you want to do this? Because this was a Monday night. The Sabres had a preseason home game. I want to say it was Columbus. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't Columbus, it might have been Pittsburgh. I think it was Columbus. So it was Monday night. I yeah. know that much for sure. And 
tickets literally for the 100 level were like 10 bucks. And I said, nah, I'm good. <laughs> we ended up going to the movies. We saw a free guy at the Regal Cinema, which was a lot of fun. But my point was, I didn't even want to spend $10 for a Sabres mm-hmm. ticket or 20 bucks for two tickets, whatever, plus whatever maintenance fees, maybe 30 bucks. Preseason or not, I just, I ain't invested any money in watching this team play on the ice until they, they show me that they're worthy of it. And I think a lot of Sabres fans just, they feel that way, bro. Yeah. We'll, we'll see, man. Now, again, you're much more of a hockey guy than I am, so I'm sure you feel differently, but it just it's not a good investment for me. 30 bucks ain't a good investment for me. Then you add park, and I'm like, nope, nope, no it, thanks. I saw somebody on Twitter say it would be a great bit to just buy the cheapest ticket for each ga- each home game on StubHub or whatever and go to every game and see how much a season ticket via StubHub costs you to go to 41 home games. And I'm just like, A, you're going to go nuts. And B... That's a great idea. I freaking love that idea. It's fun. It makes me kind of want to do it, but like, I'm not paying for parking all the damn time. Forget that. Like, (laughs) get lost, man. No, it's the parking, It's like 20 20 bucks to park when you paid six bucks for a ticket. Fuck off. Get lost, man. No, 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 no. (laughs) All right, let's wrap up here. Starting five draft. All right. I teased this a little bit at the beginning. Last week, we did best 80s music artists or acts. Uh, Joe picked Prince, Madonna, U2, The Police, Metallica. I picked Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Run DMC, Hall and & Oates, and Phil Collins. I have been waiting. We've done close to 20 of these now. I don't know exactly, but I know we're close mm-hmm. to 20. I always say that I hope it's a close vote. I always like close votes because they're fun. They're exciting. Most of our polls are not close. No. One of us are, are getting our ass kicked within an hour, mm-hmm. and it stays that way. And usually it's you doing the ass kicking and me getting my ass kicked. But I, I've gotten a couple. But generally speaking, you're usually kicking my ass. I think we had one close one before where it was like 53 to 47. Like something I like that. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. So, you know, that was cool. This one, though, I, I mean, it, it literally can't get any closer than this. <laughs> it said on TweetDeck, it says 50-50. When you did it in close, technically you won. You had 50.1. I had 49.9. Quite literally, there were 705 votes. That means 353 people voted for you and 352 people voted for me. That one vote is that 0.1% that I lost by. So that means one prick out there, one son of a bitch, (laughs) their vote is literally the reason why I lost. But that was a fun category. It was a great category. These were all, I thought they were all 10 good picks. And to be this close, that was fun, man. That was a lot. I, of fun. Uh, I almost wish I lost that by the one vote because a buddy of mine told me, he's, he's like, oh, I, I, I got too caught up listening to the podcast. I forgot to vote for you. And I was like, I hope that doesn't cost me. And he's like, oh, it'd be funny if it did, though. And I was like, mm, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but he, he, he can be spared now knowing that his, his lack of voting didn't cost me a win. People listening, now you know. This literally could come down to one vote. Joe literally beat me <laughs> by a single vote. Yeah. But that was a fun category for real. I mean, again, there was, you got a lot of love for mm-hmm. your, I mean, obviously Prince Madonna, but that, that was to be expected. I think the police and Metallica, you got a lot of love for your late round mm-hmm. picks. I got some, the only thing that bothered me is I got some criticism for Hall and Oates. Yeah, I didn't mean. like that shit, I, man. Hall and Oates is fucking yeah. awesome. I hate, I didn't like that at all. But that was fun, man. That was fun. And now we're going to do a category that is very different. So every week, 
Usually we're doing something that involves either music, television, or, or movies. We're going to go to, we're going to do some Buffalo Bill stuff this week. This is going to be tough too, because there's a lot of scrubs yeah. in between this list. We are going to draft our, we'll say the word favor. We're not going to necessarily say the best, right? Because the best are too easy to pick that? out. The best are probably too easy. We're going to go favorite. Well, they kind of intertwine for me, but yeah. again, eh, they, they, they suck regardless. <laughs> not, not all, but some. This week is going to be favorite Buffalo Bills quarterbacks between Jim Kelly and Josh Allen. Very self-explanatory, but like I said, favorite Bills quarterbacks between Jim Kelly and, and Josh Allen. This might be, in fact, I not might be. This is definitely our first sports-related category. Yeah. Unless you want to count, like I think we did sports arena themes or something like that once before, but that's still music at the end of the day. Right. This is straight football here. Favorite Bills quarterbacks. All right, so I, I well, I went first last week because I took Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I went first. So you're going to get first pick here. This is good. And by the way, I'm forewarning you because a lot of people are going to make fun of, well, at least I, these guys I'm going to have on my list probably, uh, you know, the bottom half of this draft is going to get really sketchy. Let's just put it <laughs> yeah, it will. You started off. Man. Uh, so I was torn between two guys to start this off with. One, I, th I think they're both obvious. I think one's way more obvious than the other. But I think I'm going to pick the other guy. And the other guy's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because mm. I think, I mean, I know who, I know who your next pick is going to be. I know it right away. But I'm picking Fitz because yeah. he's the one quarterback that even after he left Buffalo, everybody's like, oh, man, I miss Fitz. Oh, man. Oh, I yeah. love him. Like, he, he plays for other teams and people are just like, oh, man. Loved it. He played for the Dolphins and people are just like, oh, man. Love seeing Fitz. Like, don't want to see him win this game. But, oh, so good to watch him play. I, I would argue that 95% of the other quarterbacks that could, could be on this list are not do not have the same feel to them. So I'm going Ryan Fitzpatrick with my top pick. It's a good pick. I would say this. He might be, after after Kelly and Josh, he might be the third most popular quarterback ever here. Yeah. And, and before, you know, even before Jim Kelly, not necessarily, the, again, this isn't necessarily the greatest, the best quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And I got to make sure I emphasize that, by the way. But yeah, everybody loves Fitz. They still love him today. Yeah. A lot of people were disappointed that he was injured. Washington a couple weeks ago and didn't get a chance to come to Buffalo. All right. Good pick. Not my, at my top though. Yeah. Um, my top which quite frankly, I'm going to be honest with you, man. Keep it shit real with you, Joe. Yeah. I didn't expect, I don't have a lot of notes on this guy because I did not expect, I expected him to go first overall. Okay. I'm going Doug Flutie. Oh. I have to go Doug Flutie. I, I, let's put it this way. It, were it not for Doug Flutie, we might not be having conversations about the Buffalo Bills today. Doug Flutie in some ways, saved this franchise. They were going through the, the PSLs, and if they didn't sell a number of suites, they were talking about moving the franchise. Mm -hmm. Doug Flutie took over as quarterback, and the Bills won football games. They were good. And uh, he, in some ways, saved the franchise, man. And I'll tell you, he's also one of the most exciting quarterbacks, good or bad, that's ever played here. He was a lot of fun to watch. Not Again, mm -hmm. not necessarily the greatest, but yeah, so I, I got to go Flutie because of that reason. And then because I was really excited about him coming here. I remember his press conference mm -hmm. when he got traded is Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. I was very excited about Drew Bledsoe. Um, his first year, his first year was in 2002. And I remember this very well because I worked for a local publication. This was before blogs and you know, not to sound all old and shit, but 
I were I got to cover the Bills in tw- 2002. So I was actually in the press box watching the games. And I remember how good that offense was in 2002 with Drew Bledsoe throwing the molds and Perilous Price. They were a lot of fun to watch. Um, dude, like, I'm looking out. He was here for three years with Buffalo. 4,359 yards and 24 touchdowns in 2002. He was good, but that didn't last. 2003, the Bills went out, and they, I remember this. They signed, like, Tequil Spikes and, and Fletcher. The defense, Sam Adams, they got a lot of good defensive parts, and then kind of drew, started regressing quickly. But he was popular, and I liked him. He was one of my favorite quarterbacks. Great arm, um, classy guy. I liked everything about Drew. So, yeah, all right. So I'm going to go Flutie, and I'm going to go Drew Bledsoe. Now you're up. You got two. Okay, so the guy I thought you were going to pick, you didn't pick. Um, and my other pick is going to come in direct. I'm going to make a counter argument to one of your other picks. And I think I think you know how this is going to go. So the first one I'm going to pick is Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. I, Tyrod, I love Tyrod. You know, and this is me not as a Bills fan. Tyrod's the dude. Underappreciated. Super, like, and he got unfairly kind of drummed out. Like the, you know, when, um, when Bean and them took over, they were just completely disinterested in having him be their quarterback. And it's like, dude, he just got, you know, the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. Like, like, like why, why are you hating on this guy? Like, oh, he can't throw the deep ball. You can't do this. Can't do that. I was like, but he's good. <laughs> like, I, I, I understand yeah. the deep ball problems, but like, I don't know. You can, you can slow pick a team to death too. Like he can run, he can do all this stuff. So. You know, he's the guy that that broke this that broke the drought, and he was so unappreciated sure. for doing so. Like it's not like Kyle Williams gets more credit for breaking the drought than, than friggin' Tyrod does. And Tyrod's a quarterback. It's nuts. It's nuts. It drives me crazy. The other one, and this is gonna be this might be controversial. I'm picking Rob Johnson. And Ooh. you credit Doug Flutie for saving the franchise. I credit Doug Flutie for ruining the Bills that season where he took over for Rob Johnson. Because the the Bills were doing very well, you know, And listen, Rob Johnson got hurt a bunch. Like he, the concussion stuff sucked. Like that's that sucks. He got hit too much because the line was terrible. Um, he could throw the ball. He was a good. He was a an okay to good quarterback. But the Bills would have been better off with him starting than switching to Flutie and changing everything up there. Yeah, they were more exciting, but did they win more for it? No, no. Rob Johnson would have. Rob Johnson had like, I can't say he had un, he had it on lockdown because obviously he didn't, but he was better than Flutie in that season. I can't remember what season it is, but like maybe it was uh, what was it like? Uh, blah, 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 blah. I can't. It was either ninety nine, somewhere between ninety nine and two thousand one. Yeah. I can't remember. Might have exactly been ninety nine. I want to. Yeah, maybe it was ninety nine. I, I forget, but he um. Listen, I know Flutie, you know, Flutie won games, but he was a detriment to him that season. Uh, and I, <laughs> I'm thinking in my mind, I'm not laughing at your pick. Right. I, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, I'm writing this down. I'm like, Joe and I are going to have ourselves in a future episode, a nice, healthy Doug Flutie, Rob Johnson debate, because <laughs> this is something we could probably spend 25 minutes talking to. I don't want this pod to go for two hours. I'm going to tell you this. This is a polarizing selection oh, of yours oh, I know. in round three. I, I, I'm going to give you that much. Um, look, I, I didn't like Rob Johnson. I also think it was a little unfair. I mean, the Bills gave up a first-round pick to get him. They gave him a five-year, $25 million extension right off the bat. Bas- basically, at one start that he had, 
with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um, I also hated him because, by the way, he was a set. He was getting a sack machine. He held the ball for so long. That dude got sacked all mm-hmm. the time. Great passer of the football. Very naturally athletic too. I hated him because during that time, this was like the early, you know, late nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. I was still very bitter at that time that the Bills had never won a Super Bowl, and I was really bitter that Jim Kelly never got a Super Bowl ring. And Rob Johnson ended up getting a Super Bowl ring as a backup with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2002. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely hated him for that <laughs> for that reason. Tyrod, I agree with you, man. You have great points. He does not get enough credit. He was the drought breaker. I would, I'll say this, and plus he didn't turn the ball over. The issues with Tyrod Taylor from a, a quarterback perspective is he wasn't a, a good enough threat in the passing game. Like, if the Bills got down two scores, that that was a wrap. Mm-hmm. You know, they were done. And you could even make an argument during that drought year. They tried to bench him. They did bench him against yeah. the Chargers. That's when Nate Peterman threw five interceptions in one half, and then oh. they went back to Tyrod. Yeah. But, yeah, Tyrod is a very likable guy. I know the, the, the players and the, and the coaches adore him. I think as time goes by, I think more Bills fans are starting to appreciate mm-hmm. Tyrod now. I think at the time they were ready for a better passer of the football than Tyrod. Mm-hmm. That's a good pick. I like it. Uh, and again, I think Rob's going to be. I'll, I'll say this. I, I, had to, I, had to, I had to look it up while you were talking, uh, and I was listening to you. I wasn't ignoring you, but uh, I had to look it up and see what year it was that I was that I was talking about where he got where he got benched. And it was just like, OK, but why? Uh, and it was 98. It was the year it was the year before uh, the year before the drought started. So I think is that their last. No, 99 was the last playoff season. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. So it was 98 and Johnson went three and three and he probably got hurt. And then, you know, Flutie comes in and goes seven and three. So I, I was wrong about that. But it was like, dude could throw like. He like people hated him because he was California surfer dude, and but like the dude was good. Like I, I I know that's controversial to say that, but like man, guy got such he got like shit on because he got killed all the time, and he wasn't that great the years to follow. Like that's I, I think that's totally fair. But I think my whole point on taking him is that Rob Johnson got a raw deal because of Doug Flutie. Sure. Like that's that's, that, that's my it, whole stand again, on it. I know it's going to get me killed. I know I'm going to lose this one 85 to 15 in the, in the votes. <laughs> it's your favorite quarterback. It's fair. All right, so I have two here. One of them's easy. And then after this, man, this is where it starts to get really ugly, man, because I, I just, <laughs> oh, good God. All right, my, my first one is going to be Kyle Orton, all right? And I'm going to say this about him. That dude was sitting on his couch drinking whiskey every day, partying with chicks. I remember there being photos all over uh, – social media of him getting hammered at bars mm-hmm. with, with girls. Uh, they literally lured him out of retirement in 2014. EJ Manuel just wasn't getting it done. So they got, and it wasn't even like he didn't go to training camp. He wasn't a signing during the off season, mm-hmm. no camp. They signed his ass like early in the season. And then like a week later, mm-hmm. so he was the starter. So he was only there for one year, started 12 games. They won seven. He was seven and five. And at that time, get having a winning season for the bills was like, almost unheard of 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He got sacked a lot, 33 hours. He wasn't very good. All right. I'm not trying to say this guy was a savior, but again, he was sitting there drinking whiskey on the couch, comes here, has a winning record and then retired. He never played again. I guess the bills, what's a sour to my football so bad. He retired after Mm -hmm. that for good. 
So he never played I mean, again. He, he, but he, I liked he, Kyle he, just, I, he didn't even like announce his retirement. He just like left on he like no. media day came up and he just left. <laughs> he didn't do any yeah. like exit interviews or anything. He's just, no, I'm out of here. So yeah, I respect the yeah. hell out of that. So uh, yeah. All right. Again, this is getting hard at this point, man. I guess that's kind of <laughs> yeah. the, uh, that was the object. That was the, the, that's what we were supposed to do here. I'm going to, I got to go JP Lossman. <laughs> I can't believe I got to go. See, JP that might Lossman, sink you. <laughs> People hate JP Lossman. But look, I'm going to give the, again, this is, well, even if it was the best quarterback, we're in, there were so many shitty quarterbacks between <laughs> Jim Kelly and Josh yeah. Allen that some of these guys, sadly, they're not just favorites. They're also among the 10 bets, which is really sad. But with JP Lossman, I, I'll say this much about him. He stunk. All right. He was a terrible quarterback. <laughs> but, and again, you know, we go back to the, when you were talking about it wasn't his fault. You, it, it wasn't his fault. JP Lossman, he, they, they, tr- they tr- took him in the first round. He wasn't a first round quarterback. He never should have mm-hmm. been. It's not his fault. The bills did that. He was just not good, but I, I'll say this. He wanted desperately to be good. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a great quarterback. I remember seeing story. I remember a story in the Buffalo news, his rookie year. He was in a cleanup crew helping clean up the city of Buffalo, you know, partaking in projects like that. He lived in the city. He lived at Allentown. He wanted to be a, a fabric, part of the fabric of Western New York so very badly. Mm-hmm. He just, but he wasn't, you know, he was, he was garbage. <laughs> and he, 10 and 23 is a starter. Um, yeah, he, he wasn't here long. He only played in like three games combined after he left Buffalo. So it's not even like he went somewhere else and was better. He played three games with M- Miami and Oakland combined. Mm-hmm. So he, he was, he, he stunk, but I liked him. So I, I got to go JP Lossman. So you've been three. You got two more. Good luck fighting two yeah, more. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm going over the list and I'm just like, oof, boy, this is some bad quarterbacks here. Um, you know, I, I, I would love to take Peterman just for the jokes. I, I think that would be hilarious, but uh, I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> I, I, he would be my favorite just be, because of all the memes and the way it just embarrassed. I mean, honestly, if it wasn't uh, McDermott's first season in Buffalo, any other, I would argue any other coach gets fired for doing that. Like you're, you're in the, like, not just in the playoff race, they're in a playoff spot at the time they benched Tyron. And he, Tyron had an awful game against New Orleans. Like it was awful. Like, yep. I remember that. New very Orleans well. also ran for like 400 yards on, on him in that game. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was an, that was the top to bottom embarrassing home game for, for Buffalo. Yep. And I get it, but you're in a playoff spot, man. Like, do you think this dude that you draft like fifth round draft pick out of pit is going to save your season? No, man. No, man. He threw away. He threw, like, uh, and it was like a must win game against San Diego. I think they were San Diego at the time. No, they were LA. Yeah. Who cares? But like, it was, it was just like a game where it's like, yeah, you, you got to win that. You got to keep the pressure on. You got to, you know, you got to, you got to make it the playoffs. You got to get there. And then he throws five picks in the first half, the first quarter legend but like I, I i i can't pick him for the memes maybe i could maybe i I don't, yeah, I don't know but um <laughs> this is me stalling by the way um yeah i was gonna say good job of stalling <laughs> and by the way if you do if you do get your ass kicked in this and these are shitty oh, I'm picks gonna get we my, both get killed I'm gonna get, this is all this is your fault <laughs> you are the one who decided you're the one who decided that we were going to do it. This oh no, this week, is great. So, no, this this is great. You know, Looking you made back your bed. Such shit. You you made your bed. Come no, lay no, in it now. It's a wonderful bed. It's very soft and cushy and covered in garbage. It's great. <laughs> um, so I think I got to pick Kelly Holcomb. <laughs> 
Um, how many Bills quarterbacks can say they had a 500 or better record? Um, <laughs> during that time, Kelly Holcomb's one of them. He went four and four. So I guess that's good. I suppose. Okay. I, I, I guess. Um, I, I think Kelly Holcomb has a better claim to fame. If I'm thinking of the right quarterback, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I am. He admitted to not knowing the playbook, I believe, <laughs> at one point. I, 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 believe, I believe it was Kelly Holcomb. I'll put this on Twitter just to confirm, but I'm pretty sure Kelly Holcomb at one point admitted that he did not study the playbook. All right, go ahead. Got another one of these, of these winners left. Um, so then the next one's it's a it's painful. It is a painful list because the options are all bad. They're they're all horrible, horrible options. Like none of them, none of them were good here. None like there there to me. There's three guys you could pick who are just nuclear. You you want to lose this in the biggest margin possible choice, but like, and I hate that I got a I'm picking this guy. Because he wasn't good his whole career, he was not good. But somehow he played. He played fifteen seasons. Am I seeing this correct? Oh my god! How did he? How did he stay in the league for fifteen seasons? That's insane. Um. But yeah, I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick Todd Collins, and that's a horrible <laughs> choice. It is an absolutely horrible choice. And he went, but he went seven and 10 as a starter. Now, granted, he was like, he got drafted by Buffalo and that was like, what? Uh, he was a second round pick in 96, I yeah. believe. One yep. of the many Michigan quarterbacks. He, 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 he was to be the successor to Jim yep. Kelly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's an unenviable position. A, um, that sucks. But like, I don't know, man. Like I'm looking, I'm looking at his football reference page here. And after his like first three seasons with Buffalo, he like did he disappear for four years and came back in two thousand one? Is that possible? I don't know. I, I don't know if Football I Reference know. screwed that I, I up or not. Played, like, I, I, I think he might have played with Washington briefly at, at some point after. Yeah, but yeah, but, he spent a ton of time in Kansas right, well, City as a backup, and he's a backup for life. Although he did have that one good all right, one, well. <laughs> one season with Washington, he went three and zero, so good for him. But Todd yeah, Collins well, was go. terrible. Uh, and I'm picking him. <laughs> All right. So your so your tank your tank worthy roster is now yes. complete. I, I I get the last pick. All right. I, I have one, and then there's two guys I want to hit mm. on briefly. Um. God. I, I just, <laughs> At least you only have to pick one now. Like. I, I right, pick well, two. It's suck favorite fest. quarterbacks. All right. All right. I'm going to pick. This is going to be atrocious, but. I'm picking Alex Van Pelt. All right. That's going to be my last. <laughs> That's the pick. safe choice. He was a Bills backup quarterback. He was. He was a backup quarterback his entire career for the most part. Uh, 95 to 2003 was a backup. He was fine. But in, in 2001, he had to start eight games. I think they had moved on from Flutie. And I think Rob Johnson might have gotten hurt. Mm -hmm. if, if my memory serves me right, I could be wrong. But I know he started half a season with, with the Bills in 2001. And he was just a, a complete fucking disaster. <laughs> he was like two and six as a starter. <laughs> But I liked him. I've come to like him as a coach mm. post career. So I'm going to pick him for that reason. The two there's two guys I I do want to hit on quickly here before we get out. EJ Manuel, okay. I I, I hated him when he was with mm -hmm. the Bills. I thought he was a reach at quarterback. The Bills were taking a quarterback no matter what in 2013. They needed a quarterback badly. I understand why they took him. He just was not a first round talent. He just wasn't a a good quarterback right. at all. 
10 starts in 2013. And we he should not have been a first round pick ever. No, he was a six, six and 11 as a starter, 17 starts, garbage stats. I remember with the, if we're, we're not for Nate Peterman's game against the Chargers, EJ Manuel's game in London against Jacksonville oh. might've been the worst game I've ever seen a quarterback play. So I absolutely hated him as a football player, but he's kind of owned a lot of his stuff post-career. Mm-hmm. I heard him on a podcast, Eric Woods show sometime a year or so ago. I was really impressed with what he was saying. Mm-hmm. So I like, I, I come to like the guy, but I, I still couldn't pick him. And then the last one, and I expect this is going to be where we uh, get a, well, everyone's going to criticize these picks because most of them <laughs> yes. suck. A lot of people are going to say Trent Edwards should have been, where's oh, Trent no. Edwards? I, I'm going to air He's, that a lot. No, that, okay? that to me was one of the nuclear choices. Like if you cho- chose that, you're right. going to lose. People are going to be like, no, uh, well, I, I'm going to tell you why it's one play. I'll never forget it as long as I live. Why I hate Trent Edwards, and I'll always hate him as as a football player. I don't know him as a person. <laughs> I remember the four zero start twenty two thousand and eight. I remember that very well. He was the darling at that time, like, and then he was just garbage after that captain checkdown, which leads to one point. And by the way, he was gone from the NFL for good by the end of two thousand and twelve. So he didn't have a long career. There was a game. I want to say it was against Philly. All right, I just remembered it was fourth and long fourth and 17 or some shit mm-hmm. like that. And the game was like for all intents and purposes over the bills were going to lose. Like I can't remember. They were getting, I'm pretty sure they were getting beat pretty convincingly, but it's fourth down. Trent Edwards starts to run there to sideline. And instead of throwing the ball up, it's fourth and 17, throw it up for grabs. Maybe something happens. You never know. The dude fucking ran out of bounds. <laughs> right. He ran out of bounds right. on fourth down. Instead of throwing the football up, I, I again I don't right. remember all, like all the details. I want to say it was against Philly. I don't remember the mm. score. I just remember saying to myself, "This fucking guy ran out of bounds." Instead of throwing the ball up in a, in a fourth quarter of a, of a lopsided game, trying to make something happen. Who knows? I lost all respect for him, so I I purposely could not vote for him based on that one play alone. I would vote for anybody, and then one other guy too, but I couldn't vote for him because I thought it might be controversial. Matt Barkley, he never even really played, but I think he had a lot to do with Josh Allen's progress. That said, we said between Kelly and Josh, so I felt like that I could have made that pick. Let me recap these here as we get off the air. So Joe goes, (laughs) both of us, Ryan Fitzpatrick, good pick, Tyrod Taylor, and then from there, Rob Johnson, Kelly Holcomb, and Todd Collins. Oh, my God. I went Doug Flutie, Drew Bledsoe, Kyle Orton, J.P. Lossman, Alex Van Pelt. I'm going to be honest with You're you, Joe. You're going to kill me. I don't think I've ever predicted <laughs> this before. Uh, this and, and my team's not even really good no. either, but I think this might be the first time I can predict confidently that I'm going to blow you out. No, I, I agree. I, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I, like, I, like I, do, I, I should have just went like with an all meme team, honestly, and just did it that way just to be like, <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit about this. I just want to make jokes. That would that should have been the right way to do it. Like start with Peterman and then, you know, work it like go Peter, like, Go Peterman, Manuel, and then like just go from there and just roll. Like Trent Edwards, like just go with all, like st- make that your top three picks and then just be like, yeah, fuck it, I don't care. It's going to be fun on Twitter. It's going to be a fun weekend of interaction on Twitter. Go on Twitter, follow Joe on Twitter at Jill Yurden or go to App Hammeran Tweets. I'll have this pull up Friday afternoon. Uh, vote, interact with us. As always, man, this was fun. Next week, again, we'll have the Bills Kansas City game to talk about, the Sabres play. We will probably tape right after that game. We'll have some reaction from the opening mm-hmm. night game, Montreal. 
next Thursday. Always a good time. Always fun. Always fun. Great times. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.